Hi, my name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. Today, I am going to be sharing my spiritual experience when I got initiated into Palo Mayambi. I can't tell you everything that happened. I can only share my experience and the fear that I felt when this was happening to me. It was years ago and I had connected with someone through Yahoo. This is when Messenger first came out and Messenger was just, everybody was into Yahoo Messenger. And I had met this um, Puerto Rican man were who was initiating people he had established his house and he was a a babalao or whatever he was uh pandrito i don't know but anyway at that particular time he invited me to come down to florida i went down to florida to miami i was scared literally scared to death because i had no idea what was going to happen i met with another babalao who said that I was given permission for him to be my Petrino. I received my Legba and my Warriors from him. I received my Caleres, my Alekes from him, and all of that. Then he did another reading where he said that I had to become initiated into Palo Mayambi. And Palo Mayambi, you know, they deal with their, um, they deal with their ingangas, they deal with their um, spiritual pots, their their tools is what they use to communicate with the spirits. There are a lot of books out here on Palo Mayambi, but I just want to say what my experience is. When he opened up the door to where his Palo pot was kept, his Nganga, he took me in and I was so excited because it was a huge iron cauldron. It was chains on it and all these different things was coming out of it. And this was the biggest thing that I had ever seen. Um, he took me before the, before them and he asked the spirit, um, did I have to initiate? And of course, the when he threw down the shells, it said that I had to initiate. Now, the shells were actually um, coconut coconut shells that was shaped and carved and the skin was taken off and that's how he was able to tell using those that um, I had to initiate I can't remember the name of that type of um, shell that was was it's not cowrie so I don't remember what it was called at the time but he threw them down and I had to initiate and it was going to cost me um, $1,500 So I saved up my money. I sent him half the payment. I paid on my initiation. He was initiating several of us at the same time. Several of us all paid this fee. I don't know what other people paid, but this is what I had to pay. That night we got down there. Not only did I have to pay for my initiation, um, but I'm thinking that when you pay for your initiation, every um, dime that you give to that person should cover everything. I'm thinking that you should never have to take from your own pocket to cover anything else. Now, this is what I'm thinking. Like, if I give you $1,500, this should cover birds, this should cover um, candles, this should cover every and anything that is needed for that initiation, but that was not the case. 
when we got there, I ended up having to pay more money to buy um, more things that I needed for this initiation. So we're in Miami. We're going around to different um, botanicas, different stores. Now, mind you, I have already paid $1,500. Now I got to kick out more money. So the total amount of money that I actually ended up paying was close to about $2,000. Because, you know, not only that, then I had to pay, you know, pay for my trip there, pay for my hotel stay, um, buy, pay for my birds, things like that so I that had me baffled because I was like okay so why am I paying all of this extra money when I've already given you 1500 so we get there and when we get there to Padrino he has bought this big old flat screen tv which I imagine came from all the money that all of us had done had given him so I'm not gonna knock the Padrino but what I am going to knock is the fact that we had to pay more money so what happened to that money that you know you got a big flat screen tv or big old big ass tv sitting in your living room now but we're you know all of us are still kicking out dough then we rode around that night. Oh, we rode around to different places. Um, there were certain places where only certain people had to go and do and see things. And I had to sit and wait. And there were certain places where I got to get out and participate in some of the things that he was having everyone else do. That was that night. Then when it was time for the initiation to take place, which was the next night, we were all, um, each one of us was taking in the backyard. We were stripped down of our clothes and we were bathed naked before we could actually go into the house to have um, the initiations done, which was taking place in the place where I saw that huge Ngongapa at. I was scared to death. I could hear people going into the um, house to have their initiations done. There was screaming, there was yelling, they were speaking in Puerto Rican, whatever they were speaking in, Spanish, whatever that, you know, whatever they was talking, they were speaking and they were chanting and it was loud and it was scaring me. I was literally scared. So I peed on myself after the bath. I had on shorts and I'm quite sure people saw that I had peed on myself. But at the same time, I was scared. I was sitting in the backyard. I was blindfolded. I had on my clothes. But I didn't know what was going on because I had never experienced anything like that before. So it was very frightening to hear those cries and screams coming from there. Right when I got to take my initiation I called out to my spirit guys and to the spirits that were surrounding me and I said to them I cannot go through with this you're gonna have to take this initiation for me as soon as they walked me into I don't remember um, I, there were some things that was told to me by others who had been initiated, but I don't remember, like, whatever I prayed to to come and take me to help me through this initiation, I feel like they took completely control over my body because I was so scared. And so when I went in there, I remember going in, they standing there, but then I don't remember anything else. 
after everybody was done, after it was all over, you know, the I'm not going to tell you what they did to me while I was in there. But because I not I'm, it's, it has nothing to do with the people that did it. It has to do with me respecting the spirit world. And so I'm not going to tell you what happened to me in there. But once it was over, everybody was in this place and it got so hot that they actually opened up the door so that we could breathe because there was no windows in this little unit and they opened up the door and I kept the big doors open. But when I came to, I was so sleepy and I was looking around at everyone that was there. And so I'm like, y'all know what? I'm gonna lay down and go to sleep. I lay down on the floor by the pot I went to sleep. The next morning, the sun came up. When the sun came up, people were saying that they saw this huge bug-looking, creature-looking thing that was resting on my head. Um, They said that they thought their eyes, one of the guys was like, I thought my eyes was playing tricks on me, but there was just something. It looked like a huge grasshopper or it was a huge bug. It was a, it looked like a huge bug, but it was the size of a rabbit and it was on sitting on your head. Now, this is a shelter, a little, little, one of those little tin shelters that people buy to store things in. That's what we were in. So a lot of people were saying that that's what they saw on my head. They was like, I was just sleeping, wasn't moving, was just resting peacefully. We woke up, um, we had, each one of us had these little chick, 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 these little chickens, little chicks that they gave us to take with us. And they were like, you know, take this with you, keep it safe. When you come back tomorrow, please let us know um, whether or not you're a chick died well some of the people chicks died my chick didn't die it stayed alive so I brought my chick home with me and I never knew the meaning of that so if anyone is listening to this podcast and you've went through that initiation and you know what the meaning of the chick is please let me know I never found that out but I do know that my chick didn't die so I ended up bringing my chick home and I ended up um, donating my chick to a farm because you know I lived in an apartment complex what was I going to do with him so I ended up putting it to a farm but anyway we he was telling us all of these different things that we were going to do um he gave us our set of beads but he never gave me the name that I had been initiated to he never told me any of that information and when I speak to other people today and there was like well who did you do it under who did you do it under and I'm telling them I don't know the name they was like you don't know the name I was never given the names it wasn't until years later that I actually found out about it but it was someone who I had got in contact with in New York who actually went and called down to Florida and found out what happened so I go drive home because I've driven, I've, I drove all the way to Miami from Raleigh, which was a 12 hour drive. I drive home. I'm tired. I put my stuff down. I go to sleep. I get in the bed. Now, this is when it starts scaring me even more. I'm laying in bed and all of a sudden 
the bed starts shaking. I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? I open my eyes. It feels like something has me pinned down and I cannot move. I open my eyes and I look and I see this huge, this huge white tiger walking and it acts like it's going to come to me, but it goes up the wall, up the ceiling and back around and it's standing over me like its head is so big. It's, it's like it's bigger than my whole body and I'm frightened and then the tiger disappears and I can hear it, you know, breathing heavily on me the tiger disappears after the tiger disappears I try to go to sleep because now I'm saying you know this is not real this is not happening I turn my back to face the door now I'm facing the wall because my bed was up against the wall next thing I know I feel something tapping me on my shoulder so I turn around to see what it is, what's tapping me on my shoulder, and it's a bunch of dead people standing around my bed. They are, they have mutilated arms, um, part of their heads is cut off. Um, they just look like they were in uh, huge bad accidents and they died horribly. And when these people were standing over my bed. They said that we no longer want to be enslaved in the pots. Please do not enslave us. And I woke up. But then when I came to, I was at the door. So I'm like, did I really dream that or did I see that? So I go to the door and I'm trying to get out the door, but the door is not opening. I call down to Florida to talk to my padrino and I'm saying to him I'm like or my tata whatever at this time because now I'm initiated into Palo and I say to him this is what I've seen and he was like you was not supposed to see that there you were supposed this is what you were supposed to have seen when you were here this is why we had all of you stay and this is what you were supposed to have seen by spending the night in there with the pot I said well I'm seeing it now he says okay go lay down this time don't be scared if they come tell them to bring you the messages so I lay down I pull the cover up my bed starts shaking and I know that I'm not asleep because before I thought I was sleeping I wake up I'm like I open my eyes I sit up because I'm thinking oh this isn't real but come to find out I wasn't sleeping at all my mind was playing tricks on me to the point where it thought I was asleep because I did not want to perceive what I was seeing as being reality. And it was indeed reality because I laid in the bed, turned the lights off. I had a candle going for my Alecbo where my warriors were and it was flickering these shadows all on the wall. I reached over and turned my lamp on. My lamp would not come on I reached over to turn it on my lamp would not turn on I kept flicking it back and forth back and forth then I saw them again and they filled up my whole room that's how massive these dead people were that were in my room and they were like we no longer want to be enslaved in pots we don't want to be enslaved because what you enslave here will enslave you in the afterlife 
say anything. And I said to myself, if I ever was to get an Nganga done or made, that I would not, I don't want to put chains, I don't want to enslave someone in my pot to have them do my biddings. I don't want to do that. And so that was my experience when I got initiated into Palo. Like I said, I can't tell you everything that happened to me out of respect for the spirits because this was real. But I can only share the experience that I felt. Um, those people that want to initiate into Palo Mayambi or, you know, whatever you want to do, that is, you know, totally up to you. You got the right to choose what you want to do. Me, myself, I took the initiation. But I did not want to have any spirit stuck to my pot that I enslaved that would specifically do my bidding when I needed it done. I desired more to work with me. You know, I don't want to do any evil towards you. You don't want to do any evil towards me. So let's just work together. And the reason why I say work together because... I truly believe that every energy that is on this, in this universe all serve a purpose. It all has a purpose. And by a person having their upper self and their lower self, the yin and yang, you have to learn how to balance it out. So there are going to come times when you're going to have to use those negative things to help you with negative things and where you would use the positive Lioness, and like I said, once again, I would like to.